Forget everything you've ever heard about dieting. What if you could eat the foods you love and find a way to get fit that was actually enjoyable? Welcome to Have It All with Devin Alexander. The chef from TV's Biggest Loser has lost 70 pounds and kept it off for over 30 years. She has also helped others to stop yo-yo dieting and actually transformed their lives. Now, here's your host, Devin Alexander. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to be here today. I have an amazing guest that I'm going to introduce in a minute. Her name is Carrie Kirpin. The Kirpin part might sound familiar because a few weeks back, or actually a couple months, I guess now, time flies so quickly, her awesome husband, Dave Kirpin, was on. Uh, and basically, though, it's not one of those, oh, now the wife. It's a uh, Oh my God, this woman is rock star with a book coming out, or actually I think it came out yesterday, um, called Work It, Six Secrets for Success from the Boldest Women in the Business. Within the book are interviews from Barbara Corcoran, from Sheryl Sandberg, all these phenomenal women that I am so excited to get into. And I was actually telling Carrie this morning, I am somewhat dyslexic. I really don't read books. I write them, as we all know, but I don't really read them because it's such a frustrating process for me. And weeks ago, her uh, her team had been like, oh, what kind of questions are you going to ask? And I was like, oh, shoot, I'm going to have to like actually read a lot of this and maybe figure it out. And I started looking at it and I was like, oh, my God, this is the best book ever. And I literally kept reading and reading and reading. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is crazy. I never read books. And so at some point I will get through every single page because I'm so excited to do that. But first, I'm going to give you my little... My little jelly bean update. So I am seven and a half weeks uh, since I, well, actually, I've had her seven weeks today. Um, and oh my God, I am just blown away by her. Like, I truly, this mom thing, I knew I wanted it forever. Um, and it's just, it's amazing how fulfilling it is. Like, I have to tell you, like, I felt empty for the past, like, I don't know, 15 plus years, which blows me away given, you know, all the things that I've been out on the road doing and running around and whatever, but there was just something missing. And so I was going on crappy online dates and doing all that stuff. And since she's come into my life, I mean, to be honest, like I haven't slept and I, she, she's not the best sleeper and I'm not the best sleeper. So between the two of us, like even the nights that she does sleep three hour chunks, like I don't fall right back asleep. So if I'm not making 100% sense, that explains it. Hopefully you'll bear with me. Um, but other than that, it's it's just, I don't know, just looking at her and nurturing her and like every night she'll want like a couple hours of just us. Um, it's amazing how she's fussy and then I pick her up and she does not want to be put down and she's just so content and it, it just, I don't know. I, I don't even know how to explain it, but, but I'm also admitting that I've not worked out and I, it's an interesting perspective for me because you're like, you have to work out. That said, I have two floors in my house and I've lost five pounds running up and down the stairs with her. I'm not kidding. I heard Carrie chuckle and like I've legit lost five pounds. And between dancing around with her to rock her and running up and down the stairs 400 times because she does get fussy, um, I think that's what it is. So I'm, I'm cutting myself some slack. But... I mean, I, that's that's my update. Like, she's phenomenal. So I'm, uh, and and if anybody's even remotely considering fostering, please, please call me and I will lead you. There's an amazing organization called Raise a Child. I'm not getting any money from them, um, but their parent advocate, who's the person who helps parents, like, find the right child for them, um, literally was on the phone with me. Like, he was like, put me on speed dial, call me in the middle of the night if you need to. Like, when I got approved and he knew I was going to start getting calls and, and it's a not-for-profit, and he's probably making no money. And he, he had a daughter in the hospital himself, and he was leaving her hospital bed for a couple minutes here and there to to help me make sure I got the right child for me. So um, so I'd love to refer people to that if necessary. But I don't want to waste any more time because Carrie, as I said, is so fantastic. She's the co-founder and CEO of Likeable Media, an award-winning content studio that was named Crane's six best plus, six best 
place to work in New York City. See, the tired is setting in. She is the author of Work It, Secrets for Success from the Boldest Women in the Business and a columnist for Inc. and Forbes. Carrie has been featured in the New York Times, ABC, World News Tonight, Fox News, and CNBC. She has keynoted conferences in London, Las Vegas, Mexico City, and New York, among others. And you're about to see her everywhere on the planet because this book is so fantastic. So welcome, Carrie. Thank you so much, Devin, and I'm so excited uh, to be on your show and especially to hear the amazing story of what you're doing with your little jelly bean love. I, <laughs> I, lo- I love hearing that, and it's, it's, really, it's really beautiful. I'm so excited for you. Oh, thank you. So I think one of the things that I really love for this show to do each episode is to really empower people to take actions and get over their fears. And I will say that I had so much fear growing up. Like when I moved to LA, I was afraid literally to go out at night because by myself and I mean like the physical fears but then also like every week every Wednesday on my calendar I have a thing that says did you do something shocking this week Mm. and so when I saw your book and saw all the people you interviewed I just have to ask is it easy for you to just walk up to these women and and be like hey can I interview you or did you know them like can you tell us how this came about because it just seems like wow who would even think that all these women would would interview with anybody so the short answer to this is uh no it's not easy I think for me to do that I I am a very interesting person as you'll read in the book in that I appear to be a total extrovert and outgoing and and just really bubbly and out there and inside I'm a total introvert like I I wouldn't mind like being home in my pajamas and speaking to no one so it's a it's a very interesting experience to appear like you are so outgoing and bubbly and lovely and on the inside be really shy I I used interviewing initially as my way to connect with women who I was too shy to connect with at a networking event so I had started that with a podcast and starting to interview women in marketing who I would want to work with at my company and then I just started getting so interested in their stories and I said okay well you know these stories can be told these are these are stories that need to be told to a broader audience and then I realized that if I was going to tell stories to a broader audience, I would need some bigger names too, right? Because we we all want to know, you know, from women who have been at the top that we've heard of, we want to know this. So I I had to really summon up my courage and reach out to know I didn't know most of them. Um, And you'll read in the book about how I reached out to Sheryl Sandberg for the first time. I mean, really just cold reached out. And Meredith Vieira, I rode a plane with, you know, I had to really get comfortable asking people for these things. But you have, like you said about fear, you just have to learn how to push past fear. Right. Well, and I I would love for you, if you don't mind, to share the Sheryl Sandberg story, because I did get I did read that in the book. And I think that will potentially really help people. I'm sure they're going to read the rest of the book, especially, as I said, as soon as I started reading. Um, But if you don't mind sharing that story, I would love it because it's pretty bold and pretty (laughs) badass, even though (gasps) words like that. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay, so Cheryl Way back before the lean in days, Cheryl was leading Facebook as a COO, as she still is now. Uh, and I was a huge fan of hers. I was a huge fan of hers from when she was transformative at Google. And I just, you know, I had a big business girl crush on her. I thought she was amazing. And so I reached out to her and sent an email, very short, saying, Hi. I love and respect you for these reasons. Uh, I would love to meet with you. I'm going to be in the Bay Area um, when I'm meeting with my client. I'm here on this date. Would you possibly be able to meet? And so I was totally shocked when she replied and said, oh, I can't do that day, but are you in the Bay Area often? So, you know, I'm never in the Bay Area, but I decided that I would tell a little white lie and say, yes, I'm always in the Bay Area. What day would be good for you? So she picked a date and I flew out there with the sole intention of meeting my business girl crush, Cheryl. And there I was waiting in the lobby and she got held up after, you know, one meeting, then another meeting. I mean, this is a very important person. And I, she thinks I'm in the Bay Area all the time. So what's the big deal? You know, I'm just like hanging out and she sends me this lovely apologetic note and says, I can't meet. Can you do tomorrow? You know, so sorry. Well, the next day I had a recital for one of my kids. Mm. 
Oh, and so no. I said it was time to choose. And honestly, I chose the recital. I, I commit to my kids' appearances and things, and those are really important. So I said to Cheryl, I'm so sorry, I can't make it tomorrow, but hopefully I'll see you soon. I couldn't tell her that I lied to come there specifically for that meeting. Um, right. So it was actually years later, I had kept in touch a few times, sent her some things from Likeable. You know, she sent me a copy of Lean In with really nice inscription. Like we just stayed in touch sort of. And then ultimately um, what I did was I reached out to her years later and said, by the way, you know, I have a, a, a confession to make. And so I told her that I flew out just for her. And I said, do you, would you care to be interviewed for work at? And I guess the story was so interesting and funny to her. I mean, she felt terrible, but, you know, also she agreed to do the interview and she did a wonderful interview with me about what it's like to return to work after experiencing, you know, really difficult uh, loss in your family or in your personal life. Amazing. Yeah, I think it's funny because you first start reading that, to be honest. Like, as I was reading, I was like, oh, my God, that's crazy. Yep. And then the funny thing is, like, I believe because I've I've now done some things like that. Um, but, you know, it's something always comes out of them. And it could be that you were meant to get on that plane to potentially meet her and meet someone else. Because, as you said, you did meet Meredith Vieira on a plane. Like, not that trip, but another you know, another trip. But I always, I don't know, I find that when you're out and about, because I'm very much like you too, I am, everybody thinks that I'm like, oh, so outgoing. And actually I'm the same. Like I'm happy in my PJs home with Jellybean. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think when you say yes to things, uh, you have to commit to doing it. Like you said, doing the thing that shocks you, right? When you, or something shocking, when you, when you do something and you say yes to something, something wonderful can always come from it. I, I said yes a few weeks after maternity of my third child to speak at a PTA event. My husband thought I was nuts. I was like, hold on, I got, I just got to do this. I want to talk about, somebody had asked me to talk about digital online safety. So I said, okay. Um, I went to speak. My husband was like, you have to prioritize. You're saying yes to silly things. I went there. A huge potential client was there and we were able to get a meeting with a major Fortune 500 company just from me showing up at that thing. So you never know what, how things are going to turn out. You never, ever know. And so I, that's why I always keep myself open to opportunities. No, it's so true. And as I said, especially for people who are on the shyer side, and it's interesting because I know you mentioned hiding in the bathroom, like you like hiding in the bathroom. I don't know if you're familiar with Maura Aaron's meal. Of meal course, I love her. That's oh, so funny because she was, she's done the show as well. And uh, I think it's funny that a lot of people like look at women like you and I and Maura and you'd be like, you'd never have the troubles that, that I have. And yeah. we do. So many yeah. do. Yeah. Uh, so... Hopefully that will get somebody to do something today. Uh, so I was wondering what your, if there was one nugget from the book that inspired you, or, I mean, I'm sure it's like asking you your favorite child. Cause I hate when people are like, what's your favorite recipe? But <laughs> if you wouldn't mind sharing one, even if it's one thing that's. You want me to give you the one thing now, or you want to do you edit that out? Yeah. You ready? Yeah. Okay, great. Um, so the one story, let's see, the one nugget. Well, my real role, my real one nugget is that everyone has a different story and there's no one path to success. Like I wish I could say, um, there's do this one thing and you'll be successful. But ultimately, it really depends on who you are as a person. I saw a lot of different women in the book take a lot of different approaches. And the approaches all worked for them, even though they were vastly different. So ultimately, it comes down to learning how to understand your gut and letting that gut guide you. Um, it's all about, you know, I people always say, go with your gut, go with your gut, go with your gut. But what does that mean if you are unsure of how to listen to what your gut is telling you? If we all knew how to go with our guts, no one would be indecisive ever, right? So it's about learning how to listen to your gut to me, is what I found to be the ultimate key. I love that. And I actually want to pick up and talk a little bit more about that right after a break. We have to go to break now. But I, I think that's a really key uh, message in so many ways. So I do want to explore it a little more. Stay tuned, everyone.
is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Tune in to the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and special VIP co-hosts for an entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussion with some of the top stars in their fields, from business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, literature, and current events. If you're looking for what's next and comparing it to what's now or what's past, look no further than the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. You are listening to Have It All with Devin Alexander. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to fans at devinalexander.com. Now, back to Have It All. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. I'm here with the fabulous Carrie Kirpin, who is the CEO of Likeable Media. And she has this fabulous book out that we all have to go get called Work It, Secrets for Success from the Boldest Women in the in Business. And uh, some of the women interviewed were Sheryl Sandberg, Barbara Corcoran. There's just so many great women in here. And uh, Carrie was saying before the break that going with your gut is the biggest, best piece of advice, or I guess what stood out for her most, if I'm saying that correctly, Carrie, am I? Yes, 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 yes. Um, well, I think- practical advice, too. But yeah, that one is about learning to identify what your gut is telling you. Yes. Which I think is amazing because the truth is, like, I feel ridiculous for not uh doing the process to get jelly bean quicker. I mean, I'm sure in my life, like it worked out exactly how it was supposed to for a number of reasons, but you know, like for so many years, like that was gnawing at me and I didn't even do it. Um, and it's funny how many people like, since I've gotten her like, Oh my God, you've been talking about that forever. And I'm like, Oh God. But on the flip side, people told me when I got the call with the right child, I would know they're like, don't say, yes, you know, don't say yes to the first call you get, you'll get a lot, you know, all of that. And that sounds like such a weird thing. Like they call you and they're like, Oh, it's this child and this is the situation and whatever. And, and I was worried that I wouldn't have a gut on it. And they're like, when it's yes, you'll know it's yes. And it was so funny because I had gotten three calls before Jellybean. I know crazy. Right. And like, you know, I'd been waiting and, and it's this anticipation. And then you're like, ah, and you do research on these various things because, you know, obviously they're not going to call you and be like, the child is perfect. This child is perfect. You know, there's, there's different, whether it's, you know, well, there's so many different things that could be, you know, a situation. And and when I got that one, I just knew, and, and it was my, and the other women in my office too, because we were all on the phone with the calls. Like we had a system to get, so I think it is important and to trust that we have that, which was my point in that. Like, I was like, oh, God, they say I'm going to know. I'm not going to know. How would I know? But, you know, you know. And yeah. so with you and committing to doing things, if people are constantly committing to the wrong things, obviously. Um, I mean, if you're constantly committing and then dreading going places, you're not committing to the right things and you're saying yes Absolutely. too much. Absolutely. But if it's something, as I said, like jumping on a plane and doing something different, like there's a million things that can happen between here and there that even if that thing didn't work out, that other things could come of it, which again, we said eventually did. Yes. And I've jumped on a plane several times that I have had a bad feeling from the beginning that it wasn't for a client or did something as a, you know what, this is not going to end well. And, and it didn't, you know, if I knew, if I, I always look back at the hindsight and I say, are there any signs here that I missed to know, you know, maybe I shouldn't have made that decision. And almost always there are. So the sooner you're able to identify those signs, the better you're able to really understand what you really want. Right. And balance everything and spend the time the way you want to. Exactly. Um, Okay. So there's a chapter that really stood out for me. Find your fab pab. It's like, wait, what is this? (laughs) Um, I would love. Yeah. I mean, it's for 
basically you're uh, you're suggesting that people find a fabulous personal advisory board to yeah. which I also am like, oh God, who's going to be on my advisory board? But I'd love for you to tell people because I think it's just brilliant. Well, this is easy to do. Um, there's actually a quiz in the book to help you find it. So hopefully we'll help you find them. But as a, um, I, I believe that the formal mentorship world is kind of broken. I find that when people ask me to be their mentor, um, either what will happen is uh, they will not follow up as much as they should. And I'm left feeling like, hmm, maybe they don't need me or I'm sort of useless or they're not getting what they want, or I'm too busy to help them. And then I feel really badly that I'm not devoting enough time. Having a single mentor is a lot of pressure that doesn't need to be there. Ultimately, I think what we can do is for, you know, surround ourselves with strong, powerful people who can help us in different areas. I don't think, for instance, I talk to the same people about my fitness and weight loss goals as I do about my, um, do I, you know, how do I grow my business goals? And I don't think that I uh, talk about my relationship or anything along, or, or being a mom with somebody who I'm talking about something something completely different with. I think ultimately you need to have a circle of people who you know and trust and you can go to in any situation. And that, that can be a more informal relationship that just is symbiotic and can exist really well versus having some kind of a formal mentorship program that it almost always does not exceed expectations. Hmm. And how would you like, are these people for you and your personal fab pab yep. that you already had a mini relationship with? Or did you reach out to some people that you really aspire? So almost like a mentor, but a smaller version of it. How would you recommend people? Yeah, I think you look at people who you want to be your mentor. You don't need to formally ask them to be your mentor. Just call them occasionally and add value to their lives. So for instance, Bev Thorne is the chief marketing officer of Freedom mortgage. Before that, she was the chief marketing officer of Century 21, which is a Fortune 500 company. And she uh, was somebody who I really admired and really loved. And, and she mentors me. But I don't I don't necessarily need to have a formal mentor relationship to do that. I have very specific things that I ask her about. Whereas I would also have a very close friend who I would talk to about something completely different. My college best friend I would talk to about my fashion choices for how I look at work and what I would be wearing. I wouldn't ask Beth and what I should wear to work, even though as a, a mentor, you know, that would be something that might fall into her wheelhouse. It's just not the best question to ask her versus asking someone else. I think ultimately when you're, you have to ask the right people, the right questions at the right time, and you can't have a single go-to person as a formal mentor to do that. I love it. And I, I really think that uh, I would love to see some people actually set this up and create a list and a I think, as you said, and in the book, it talks about doing this. And I think we all do it inherently a little bit. But I would love to challenge people to take your advice and actually write a list of the people you go to for various things. So you're very clear about that. And the next time you have something, you go directly to that person without thinking about it. But then also to stretch out of their comfort zone a little bit and ask one person to be on their fab pab that um, that scares them a little. Yeah, I think the question you can ask, especially for women, who do you go to to talk to about money? Who do you who do you talk to when you're looking at not only wanting a raise, but how much should you have in your savings account at this point? And what should you be thinking about in terms of smart investments once you start to make money? There need to be people like that who you can talk to about things that, that you might be normally uncomfortable talking to somebody about. So that and that takes you through in the book, it takes you through that and helps you figure that out. Cool. Now, I think a lot of people mistakenly think they're not interesting enough or they don't have someone to offer someone who's super cool. You had mentioned, um, you know, when you reach out to these women who are so powerful, I mean, obviously you have a huge company, so we're all like, well, yeah, that's Carrie Kirpin. Um, she can ask anybody anything. But it, Carrie Kirpin wasn't always Carrie Kirpin in the nope. way you have come to the table these days, um, you know, we all started as the little girl with, quote, nothing. So I'm curious, um, how how do you construct those asks? So I think everybody in the world has something to offer. And you have before starting out, 
you have to really have that fundamental belief, right? Everyone in the world has something to offer that is unique. Only you can offer what Devin offers. I can't because I'm not Devin. So ultimately, it starts with what can you offer to someone? For me, I knew that I could offer social media advice. I knew that I could offer um, a platform in terms of when I built all the social ladies was a podcast with listeners. I knew that I could help women tell their stories and I could help them, you know, give them some advice on how to, you know, work their LinkedIn or any of these things. Like I thought about things that I could offer that no one else could, or if they could, I, I could do a really good job. And so it was a combination of knowing what value I could add to their lives and also um, how confident I could be in the ask. I think it all comes down to understanding what value you have to offer the world and how confident you can be that offering that will be something that's enough. You have to believe that you're enough. Otherwise, it's not it's not going to work because that lack of confidence will show. Believe that you're enough. Reach out. Say, here's the value I have to offer you. Keep the ask very short. I'd love to talk to you about this. Here's what I have to offer. If you have 15 minutes, that'd be awesome. I love that you said keep the ask short. Uh, I think that's one of the biggest things that I'm sure you've experienced this as well. But if people reach out to me and say, you know, hey, I would love to know how what you prep on Sunday night, like exactly, you know, I, it's, it's okay. I mean, I have time to answer that for the right. most part. I mean, obviously we get inundated. So when I don't answer quickly, I always feel bad. And sometimes I don't even answer my mother. But um, on the flip side, if someone asks me, you know, oh, I'd love to know how you got, you know, I've had that actually even in job interviews where interns will be like, oh, I want to know how you got where you got. It's like all of that information is very public and it's almost insulting to someone. Google it. (laughs) Yeah. Like to be like, if you, you know, if, if there's something that I can add that I haven't already added super publicly and someone took the time to look me up and then need something from me, I'm excited to do it no matter who they are and what level, but of, you know, achievement so far or level of, um, I guess where they are in life right now, whether they're stuck or not. But again, if you, if you just do these blanket big asks, like it, it's overwhelming to anyone. Actually, it's what what they asked you on that is is really shows a lack of preparedness. I think what's key in an ask is, you know, I know this about you. This is why you're fabulous. Here's the value I can add to your life. Here's the specific question and specific ask I have. You want something that they can answer like really a yes or no or, you know, something really, really quick um, that you can answer and make sure that it's not something that can just be Googled. I mean, ultimately, you want to have an opportunity to talk to them, right? So you have to show why they should talk to you. You have to show that you understand who they are, not not ask them something so generic that you could find on the internet. I mean, it's really, that's an important piece of the puzzle. And keeping it short because people don't really have time. You want to make it easy to reply when you're reaching out. It's got to be very easy. Yes. Now, I know there's a lot of people right now who really want to boost their social media. And I know this is a giant, giant question. Um, But people, you know, we all see someone who, uh, like, we'll just take my genre. Like, there's people writing recipes who have a million followers, and there's other people who don't. If you're somebody who every, you're cooking all the time, and everybody, or you're a fitness person, and you know you're working out all the time. People are like, "Oh my God, you should share that with people." Do you have a social media, like one or two social media tips that um, could really help people? I mean, obviously you do. You have a whole agency, but are there, if if you wouldn't mind sharing a couple quick yes. ones? Well, de- I definitely would. I definitely wouldn't mind. Um, the your area in particular. Uh, is a very crowded space, right? So you've got everyone and their mothers updating all over the place. And so the question becomes, how can you differentiate? Why are you different than everybody else? And you, and that's a very hard question to answer, but you have to frame it in your own mind. Like what makes me different? What makes seven different? Okay. Once you determine that, 
Um, you then need to create content that is indicative of that, like that really focuses on showing why you're different. Um, it could be that you dance around uh, with the jelly bean too yeah. all the time, you know, in, the, yeah. in your house listening to really fun music. It could be, it could be anything. Um, but I would recommend, um, first of all, in, in your world, you definitely want to look at using things like Instagram stories and the things that allow you to post frequently without it clouding the actual feed. So using the story features for in the moment recipes and in the moment workouts and all of that stuff and saving your actual Instagram for um, imagery and usefulness that are things you want to save for more than 24 hours. So lots of frequent posting on the stories and um, lots of engaging with people who are interested in the same stuff that you are. Um, and really just keeping going until you find what works. You have to play with it. You're not going to get an immediate, like people expect sometimes they put something up and like, oh, wait a minute, why don't I have a million followers yet? It takes a lot of hard work. And one thing that I've learned with promoting the book, even because I do this for brands, which is very different. They have big advertising budgets and all kinds of stuff. But when I'm doing it for myself, it's really person to person. It's every single person that you respond to or reach out to on social media uh, is another potential either book buy or follower or somebody who's interested in trying one of your recipes or anything like that. So it's really, especially when you're marketing yourself as a person, it's person to person to person. It's all about responding and engaging with your audience. Perfect. Okay. And on that note, we're going to take a break and I am going to follow up on that when we get back. Plus hear a lot more from the awesome book, Work It and Carrie Kirpin. Stay tuned, everyone. follow we lead join us the voice america influencers channel if you think you've seen online tv before let us surprise you voiceamerica.tv is online now the leader in live internet talk radio has done it again multiple channels a state-of-the-art viewing experience live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day it's exactly what you want when you want it voiceamerica.tv from health and wellness to business sports and everything in between discover our new world visit voiceamerica.tv now and experience the future of online television voiceamerica.tv Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Have It All with Devin Alexander. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to fans at devinalexander.com. Now, back to Have It All. Hey, everyone. I'm back with Carrie Kirpin. She's the author of the brand spanking new Work It, Secret for success from the boldest women in the business. And Carrie herself is pretty bold and badass, and I love this. I mean, I just absolutely am blown away by the book. Um, She was talking before the break about social media and how, you know, especially in my space or the fitness space, you know, everybody on the planet um, thinks that they can you know, like put their recipes online and then they want a giant following. And I mean, everybody does have a uniqueness. And in order to get out to a million people, you have to find exactly what that is and then really market it. Um, And, you know, as I said, every, I mean, there are so many people who have such fabulous recipes and are amazing. um, But standing out is, is hard and the people who are out there the most aren't necessarily the most talented with the best recipes, but it's, so many, I'm sure you can 
I'm sure you can attest to that, Carrie. Yes, yes, yes. It has nothing to do with the quality. It has to do with the level of marketing and what what catches on. You know, sometimes something catches on and then it's like wildfire. It goes viral and then, wow. You know, it's, it's sometimes you can have somebody with a much smaller following with much more uh, relevant stuff. And it just depends. You know, there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah, it's, it is amazing. Honestly, I didn't get into the social media part. Like I was working so much for so many years prior to social media that I just didn't get it. I thought it was a thing for the kids and, and kind of got quote behind. And then I was like, Oh God, what is all this? And, and, uh, I'm sure a lot of people feel that way. Oh, everybody feels that way. And even if you've been in it, right, I've been doing it forever. Um, and then all of a sudden you feel like old because there's all these new platforms and new things. You have to constantly keep learning. But that's the great thing, Devin, about this is that you can feel like you haven't, like you're totally out of the loop or you're not caught up or any of that stuff. But you know what? Everything changes all the time. So everybody sort of starts on a level playing ground, if that makes sense. Like even if you have a large follower base it, and, you know, you're looking at people's large follower base, it doesn't matter. If you learn how to optimize the newest tools and get in early on new things, you're all set. Right. Okay, now I really want to go back to the book. I know I got us off track, but this is just such a cool book. I'm curious. I'm sure there were a lot of surprises that you got uh, while you were writing it. Could you share one of them? Yeah, I uh, one of my surprises that I really loved came from a former employee who I interviewed. Uh, she was like a baby when she came to me. She was an intern, and then she went to law school, and she did all kinds of stuff. And now she's the director of community, actually, at ClassPass. Oh. And um, yeah, it's really cool. And so she talked about a specific way to negotiate for pay that I think is an advice piece that transcends talking about that particular area. It kind of works in all areas of life. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. She talks about using a mental mute button. So what she would say is that she would put the awkward on the other person. So she was, she'd be in an interview and she'd say, what is the salary for this position? And then your immediate instinct, because you're uncomfortable, is to ramble on. I mean, at my last job, I made this, or I, you know, I'm hoping for this, or any of these things. But when you use an actual mental mute button, you put yourself on mute, and you put the awkwardness on the other person, I think that you're in a really strong position to negotiate. And I think in general, the concept of mentally muting yourself is so key. If you're sitting in a, a meeting or a conversation, you say, what do you think of this? And you just totally mentally mute without guiding. It helps you really uncover a lot of things that another person is thinking and helps you do so, so many things. And it teaches you how to listen rather than talk. You know, it's it's funny that you say that because I do think as women, we ramble and actually and, you know, get ourselves in trouble. And yep. actually, my uh, my newest assistant is actually interviewing someone for an internship today. And she was asking me all these questions because she's awesome. Um, like, what exactly do I ask her? She I think she was like, wait, how do you have this much confidence in me that you're not even telling me what to ask at the interview? Right. Right. And I eventually, anybody who she like, I'm like, I just want to know if you like her. And then she was asking me more and more questions, which one makes my assistant such a great person. But the truth is in this general stage, like we need so much help with getting out my book for American Diabetes Association that's coming up in March that I am not in the pickiest, pickiest place. What I want is people who are willing to jump in and like be their amazing self in whatever yep. that is. Yep. So I literally told my assistant, I'm like, you'll be surprised what you hear, but basically ask your silly things like, was it hard to get here? Um, or did you have any trouble finding us? And I'm sure Carrie, you've had this experience too, but I, I have somebody other than me ask that question of every person who comes in an interview. And it's amazing how many people will go into the strife of their day. Yes. Um, yes. And it, t it will tell you a lot about them. I have a whole section in the book about making friends with the assistant because the, when you're being interviewed and any of those things, you really want to make sure that you're not just looking at the boss, the potential hiring manager as the person you need to impress. You need to impress everyone in the office. 
You know what? I'm I'm so glad you brought that up because that was such a good part of the book and something that I completely resonate with too. And it's funny because when I was represented by WME, which is one of the big talent agencies for of people course. who don't know, and I when I I always take brownies with me when I go to meetings and I would take a box for the agent and then a tiny box of like an individual serve for the assistants. And all the assistants were like, wow, I can't believe you do this. Because for those who don't know it, at these agencies, you're represented by a lot of different people. But whatever agent I was meeting with, as I said, I kind of brought a share box and then this little thing. Well, years after, uh, the one of the assistants who was at the at my agent's desk went to work for one of the music agents and she knew I loved country music from the chit chat we would have after I handed her her little box of brownies and she'd be like oh what are you doing and I was like oh country music concert or whatever you know and she knew I like country music well when she moved to the music agent's desk she wound up calling me and she's like hey I don't have any friends who like country music and I have these VIP backstage passes um, amazing That's right amazing. like so she wanted someone to go with that she liked she didn't have any friends that and so I literally went to a Rascal Flats concert I have one of their guitar picks you know like it's amazing and then on the flip side of that um you know when I worked at Muscle and Fitness I was an assistant so I learned that hard and fast but as I said I think it's so important that, yes, as you said, that it, it's, and as the book explains, it's like the assistants are gold because they're someday going to be the executive. So exactly, exactly. I, I almost think you get further, honestly, treating the assistant nicer than the <laughs> executives in many cases. Awesome. Uh, I know a lot of people have trouble with confidence and, and you had pointed out um, a little earlier that, you know, you had to be confident in making these asks. Well, the book is dedicated or has dedicated an entire chapter to cracking the confidence code. Yes. Yes. Well, women tend to focus much more on competence versus confidence. Um, you know, for instance, a good example would be that men only need to meet 60% of qualifications before they apply for a job. If they see a job listing, if they meet six out of 10, they're golden. Women, nine out of 10. Uh, really, really uh, challenging for women to not to, to go for things that they're not 100% uh, prepared for. And what we need to do is focus much more on confidence and really be quite similar, you know, have as much, you need competence, but ultimately you need confidence just as much. Absolutely. And that kind of goes back to what you said about social media. Like there's so many different people doing things and it's not the best recipes necessarily that are seen the most. It's, Someone decided that they were worth it and went for it and and got a great following. Exactly. I mean, the people who put themselves out there, whether or not, a lot of times you look at people on social media and you're like, they are so annoying. <laughs> like, I don't even know how they're out here, but they just had the confidence to pull it off. And they just, when you do things with confidence, it works. And that brings us to chapter 10 of your book, which I also loved. So you say to fail fantastically. And I think that people are afraid to fail. So how do we fail fantastically? So failing fantastically means accepting that failure uh, is not only um, inevitable. It is a essential part of success. When we fail, we are one step closer to succeeding because we're not focusing our time on something that won't work. I, I'm a big fan of when something finally fails. The worst feeling in the world for me is when I'm about to fail, right? It feels like you can't breathe. Like you know so you're trying something and it's not working. I've had many instances in my business where I'm like, okay, we're gonna try this. It's gonna be so great. I'm so excited. I try it and then it's not working. And as it's not working, it's like you start to feel like, ugh. And so Many times I let it go too long. We're so um, we're so unwilling to admit defeat. We're so unwilling to say, "Okay, this was a failure." And then we sit there and we focus on trying to save things that don't work, either relationships or or uh, career moves or anything. And if you fail, you say. This was a failure. Bye. You get comfortable saying something was a failure. You can move on to something that's much more successful. It's. Uh, yeah, it's so true. And not getting stuck in it. Like, 
I think going back to your Sheryl Sandberg example, like you could have gotten back home and just been absolutely miserable for weeks saying nothing works out for me. Or you can see that as, you know, hmm, maybe something will open in the future, which I think is what someone like you obviously does. And you exactly. opened it up later. I could have never spoken to her again. I could have just said, oh, well, whatever, and just had my head in the sand and said, oh, you know, this this is it. But I instead what I did was accept that that meeting was a failure, but that eventually I could try again with a little bit of a different approach and maybe it would work. And my approach that I tried was a more honest approach and that worked really well. Well, and I also love that you took the responsibility of the, you were the one who told her that, you know, you were going there. Like, cause some people would have been like, she's a whatever, um, for canceling the meeting and gone into that negative spiral and put it all on her. And, I think that, you know, in our own lives, we all need to like look at those things when you're complaining about somebody else to really take control of your role in it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, before everyone, before we got on the radio this morning, I had a chance to talk to Carrie for a few minutes and I loved, uh, we were talking about our New Year's resolutions. Yes. <laughs> I was like, what are yours? Cause she's so awesome that I was like, Ooh, I want to hear what she's up to. Cause, um, it's going to be amazing. And I love what you said. Do you mind sharing? No, I don't mind at all. I, I, I find that in two, th- at least in 2017, I focused Uh, on writing the book, on running a business, on being a mom, on being a wife. Those are a lot of things. But one thing I did not focus on was taking care of myself. And what I know from my earlier experiences in life and my struggles with this over and over is that when I put myself first, I'm a better leader. I'm a better mother. I'm a better wife. All of those things that I really, um, you know, channeled my my need to get back to that started eating more healthily started working out and really set a set a goal for myself to just really focus on myself spiritually physically and making sure what I put in my body was something that I wanted to and wasn't just running and eating you know when you're running and eating on the go and not preparing is really really challenging and so I wanted to make sure that I was focused on myself uh, for this year. Which I love because that doesn't mean, and and one of the other things that you had said during our little chat was that you can't do it all, all the time, like perfectly. You can't, and that's in the book too. You can, you can have it all, but you just can't have it all at the same time. Like it doesn't, it's not all perfect in every moment. And, and that is something that I haven't verbalized, I guess, as much as I probably should have, you know, we aspire on the show to have it all. And, and I really do believe we can have it all. I mean, for me right now, like part of have it all, like the, the last piece, I guess, for me to have it all, like truly everything, everything would be to also have a man in my life. Um, But at this moment, to be honest, like I am so content, like, but I I mean, I'm still struggling to be honest, to try, like, I, I feel like I have it all more than I did before I got jelly bean, but I'm not working out as much as I should. Right. Um, I'm not, you know, I, I, I will be honest. My assistant is making my green juice every day because yep. I, I just, it seems like when I'm preparing meals, but I know that I, and that's part of the reason I've lost weight too, because I haven't, you know, had time to eat all the indulgence and make all the extras. Um, but, but I do think that's a really important thing, like for everybody to realize that, yeah, have it all doesn't mean that everything is perfect at all at all times and and the guests and everybody keeps saying the same thing one of which in chapter seven I have a feeling say yes to the mess uh (laughs) is is I honestly I did not read that I was jumping around so much because I got the book you know obviously that's kind of the point that's kind of the point is like you're supposed to jump to the chapters that resonate for you and what I would say to you Devin is like the big thing about not having it all at the same time is like accept that now that jelly bean is in your life, temporarily certain other areas will suffer. And sometimes, you know, as, as she grows, hopefully, and you guys are together and all of this, you know, sometimes you'll um, be focused, have a really big career moment. And then something, sometimes something else will suffer. You know, maybe you won't get to do something you wanted to with her. And, you know, it's just, it's always a balance. You have, you're constantly juggling all of the things and you just, I think part of it comes from, uh, really distilling the myth that 
we we can't be perfect at all the things all the time. So you can't be perfect mom, perfect uh, on your health and wellness, perfect at your job, perfect on the radio show, all the things at the same time. And it's accepting that imperfection that helps us be actually happier and better. It's like thinking about it that way. Well, and I a million percent agree with you. And to be honest, like I'm kind of proud of myself in a weird way, given my history for not freaking out that I'm not working out and not freaking out that I don't have time to cook the way that I'm used to. Because I mean, I don't know how much of my story, you know, but I, I you know, was in Overeaters Anonymous and, yep. and all these things. And so my head, you can imagine what it's been filled with um, yep. for the past almost 20 years now. Fortunately, I'm, quote, recovered-ish. Um, but I I know that it's because Jellybean isn't sleep. Like, she, as I said, she's not a great sleeper. I'm not a great sleeper. So I'm getting so little sleep. Like, literally not. Last night I got a full night because I admit it. Like, my nanny stayed the entire night. Like, I just, I needed a night. Um, I had only slept four hours the two nights before combined. Right. Um, and so at that point, it's a matter of making sure I don't get the flu so Jellybean doesn't get the flu. Oh, it's of course. a matter of, you know, yeah, it's, it's a matter of just doing the very, very basic basics and satisfying my client, you know, like making sure that the things that I've committed to with major clients who have me on payroll, um, and the like are done. And then, so it's really reprioritizing as you said, and then, you know, it is a mess, um, but it's all okay. And as I said, I think that's, you know, hearing that from you and hopefully hearing that from me as well, that like, you know, if, if I got a trainer involved right now, they'd be like, you have to be working out. <laughs> no, 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 no. You have to, you have to realize you can't do it all at the same time. By the way, I also want to give you one more tidbit from the book that is very specific to you. And this is my goal with the book is that these little inspiration yeah. moments come to you when you need them. Cass Lazaro built a huge company called Buddy Media, which sold for over $400 million to Salesforce, okay, with her husband. They worked nonstop. And she's the one who actually coined, you can't have it all at the same time. She looked at me right in the face. I was talking to her about how I was planning something for my daughter's bat mitzvah. And she said, Carrie, no one gives an award for most tired mom. Like, it's great that you had the nanny come. Like, who cares? You, you, if you... You don't need to feel like to be a good mom, you need to be up all night. You just need to do whatever you can do to take care of yourself and take care of Jelly Bean and live the best life that you guys can together. It's, it's, it was eye opening to me when she said that. I was like, right. Who gives yeah. an award for most tired mom? No, I agree. Like, I don't want to be tired mom. And, and I, yeah. I mean, you are. Everyone is. Everyone's tired, mom. But it's. Yeah. But it, it's. It's just not to. Don't feel like you have to do everything yourself. No, it's so true, and that's such amazing advice for everyone on every front. Okay, I am sure people are going to want to buy the book. So, can you please, in the last minute, tell us how we find more from you, how we get the book, and all of that. Of course, you can find me at carriekirpin.com and you can also go to workitthebook.com to buy your book today. Please buy it, leave a review on Amazon. It really helps the authors and, uh, and that's where we are. And that's C-A-R-R-I-E-K-E-R-P-E-N for anybody who wasn't sure how to spell it. Everybody, please go buy the book. It's amazing. I'm telling you, I don't read. I really don't. And um, this was one that I can't wait to finish every word. And I was staying up too late. <laughs> uh, well, it's good. It's good when you can't fall back to sleep after the baby wakes up. It's a good time to read. You should. This yeah. is when you should read all the books. Okay. Well, thanks again, Carrie. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking the time and giving us your amazing insights. And uh, everybody, Have an amazing week, and I will see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to Have It All. Be sure to join Devin Alexander for another great show next Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Until we talk again, have a fit and fun week.